0: This is the Ambiguous Podcast Solution, the podcast for podcasters. Stories told by everyday people as well as longtime professionals. Join a member of the APS team as they discuss the crazy world of podcasting. The only catch? We only speak to fellow podcasters. We will bring you the origin stories, the greatest hits, learning experiences, and the future goals of podcasts of all shapes and sizes. If you're listening to this, hopefully it will inspire you to start your own podcast, or it will inspire you to keep going and give you ideas on how to make your podcast better. If you have a podcast and want to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us at info at apspodcast.com for more details. Welcome to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. Now let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fun-filled edition of the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. I am stuck at home because I live in an apartment building, but this podcast is going on the road, baby, because we are talking to the F&A Van Life Podcast with Frankie and Alex. Now, they travel the world in their tiny home on wheels for how from How to Build a Van Life, tips for van lifers and wild adventures on the road. They share everything you need to step outside the norm and create a positive life filled of unlimited freedom. And unlimited freedom, guys, I think that's the American dream that's put on four wheels. So introduce yourselves. Welcome. And we got a puppy. What's the puppy's name? First question.
1: This is Paco. He's our little travel buddy. He adopted or he came into our family about a year and a half ago so we were already on the road when we got him and he's just been a wonderful addition to the family he loves living in a van
0: i mean a dog a dog has to add there's so much more fun to your guys what what i what i see online is the crazy fun life so i guess introduce yourselves um who you are and how did you choose this life all right well i'm frankie i'm the f to the
2: f a and the way that we kind of chose this lifestyle was Before Alex and I even met, this is something that I wanted to do. I was going to get, like, a pickup truck and pull, like, a mini-mate, like a little tiny trailer behind it. And when I met Alex on our first date, we met via a dating app called Bumble. And on our first date, I jokingly told her that I wanted to do this travel, and I invited her along with me. I probably shouldn't have did that on a first date. That's normally a red flag for a lot of women. But she was like, you know... (laughs) It sounds amazing, you know, so so she was definitely interested. I We both really enjoyed hanging with each other on that first date. We were only supposed to hang out for like an hour or two, and then we wound up being on like an eight-hour date. So there was obviously chemistry there. Um, fast forward, in a couple months, I continued to stay back in New York and continue to talk with Alex, and then we started dating. And sure enough, Alex pulls out this whole spreadsheet of the lifestyle and what I would need to save in order to do it the way that I thought was great. Alex, then I told her, you know, look, babe, you're not on here. You need to, you need to be on this, on this list here. And she turns the Excel page over and sure enough, bam, there she is. She had her own little budget ready to go. She was excited about it just like I was. And yeah, we, we thought about all the different ideas and band life became one of the, one of the ideas that was the most affordable. For us both, um, and we wound up saving up a lot of money uh, for the first year of travel. That way, we didn't have to worry about finances on the road.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even like. I didn't know van life was a thing until relatively recently. Like, I know like people vacation cross country in RVs, but I didn't know people generally did this like for their life, like all the time. Do you guys do this year round? You take like breaks on and off. Yeah. So
1: this is our full time house. We live in the van. I guess, 24 seven, not really, because most of our lives are spent outside yeah. hiking in nature. Um, we do not have a home base anywhere, which some van lifers do. I think in the last two years, it's really exploded. When Frankie first kind of posed the idea to me, I don't even think he knew what van life was. But so I started doing some research as to like, okay, well, like, what would it look to live in a camper van? And like, how could we travel? Yeah you know, full time. And originally we were only planning on doing van life for a year um, to like find a home, figure out where we wanted to settle down, buy some property. And we just love it so much that it didn't really seem worthwhile to slow down yet. But yeah. So when I, he mentioned it, I started doing a bunch of research and kind of stumbled upon a bunch of other YouTubers who were living van life. And It just was so appealing. You know, they're going to all these beautiful places. It really seemed like you, you know, had the freedom of your life to kind of do whatever you want. Very budget friendly. And yeah, it just kind of became the dream and the goal. And we worked really hard for a whole year to make it happen before we got on the road.
2: And just to give you a quick little idea, too. The van, the first van, was actually built on the streets of Brooklyn. So, not having a place to build it doesn't mean that you can't do it. We we did it between my apartment that I had and my brother's house, and we would just go back and forth and just borrow whatever tools we, we could get our hands on, and that's the way we built our first van. So,
0: so where are you guys originally from, Frank? I can hear that New York accent a mile away, and I live in Jersey, so I get it all the time. Um, but Alex, where are you from? You from the same area? I'm-
1: no, I'm originally from outside of Toronto, Ontario. Oh, I was Canada. actually living and working in New York. I got offered a job maybe five or six years before Frankie and I met, and they moved me down to New York, and I really liked it down there, so I was kind of, you know, living my life. But I was pretty done with living in the city by the time Frankie and I met, which was another reason that living in a van and getting out of the city and exploring wild places was really appealing.
0: Yeah, it does It does sound very... Very different. I'm gonna use the word different because what I'm used to, I'm very, very grounded. I live in Hoboken, New Jersey. I've been here a few years. I love it, but I, I, I'm sick of city life. I'm looking forward to getting out of here as soon as possible. Um, but what is like, what is your, what does your families think about it? Are they, are they fully supportive. Are they kind of just like, you know, we wish she saw you more. My mom would just be up my ass all the time about it if she knew <laughs> I was traveling the world with my girlfriend, on in a van, nonetheless. Well, the way that I kind of look at it is like your family really should be people that
2: support you in your dreams and mm-hmm. they should they should want you to get out and explore and live your best life. So luckily for us, we both had families that were fully supportive of us going into the lifestyle. They did, you know, my family definitely questioned like, you sure? This is what you want to do. You know, they were kind of more worried about our safety more than anything. Yeah. Uh, but realistically, being out here on the road, I could tell you it's a pretty safe place to be. Actually, probably more safe than where I lived in in Brooklyn.
0: I mean, it's easy to run, right? You just hop in the hop in the front seat, turn the wheel, turn the ignition, and you go. <laughs> it sounds pretty Correct. easy. Uh, so yeah. how how big's the van? And then why a van over like a camper? Because I've I've been in campers before; they're huge. Well, not the easiest to travel around with, but why a van?
1: Well, so when we first started looking, we did look at a bunch of different RVs but we had a pretty tight budget. Like I said, we were only planning on traveling for a year, so we didn't want to invest a ton of money into something if we didn't really know what we liked and, you know, what we were going to do. So in our price range, RVs were just dumps. Like we would drive Mm. four hours on a weekend to like get upstate New York to like see this, you know, camper that looked pretty good from the pictures. And it was just gross. And you're like, okay, well, we're going to have to gut this whole thing anyways to make it livable. So why not get a van and start with a blank canvas where you don't have to worry if there's water behind the walls or if there's mold or, you know, who was using the toilet for the last 20 years before you, you know, it's just a real fresh blank slate for you to build your dream. And realistically, there's several
2: other reasons that we didn't realize that we would kind of fall into one. You could fit in a parking spot so you could self camp Mm. or camp on the side of the road it's a lot easier you don't have a pop out slide or anything that's going to make you look like you're sticking out like a sore thumb in a van you kind of almost look like a construction worker or something so it's really easy to kind of blend in on top of that the fuel mileage in these vehicles are actually really good the diesel the older diesel sprinter vans that we the one that we used to have got 21 miles to the gallon which is you know crazy good compared to an rv a normal rv would probably get like 8 to 12 yeah and then the van that we're in now actually gets about 16 so just the few we knew we want to travel a lot and being doing that in a van or in an rv that gets lower fuel miles it's definitely going to put a little bit of a constraint
0: or make us have to make more money are you guys married or still legally single
2: we're still legally single. Okay. But we're basically
0: married. Yeah. We're common law married I in mean, Canada. At, at at this point, like f- fuck, you guys are married, right? It's like you guys yeah, literally spent every yeah. waking time with each other in a van. How how what's the square footage of the van? Seventy square feet of living space. Oh my God. I see. I don't know if <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do that. And that includes like how do you like how do you store things? Like all your clothes or even that I'm assuming you don't have many possessions per se, but like how do you store all your clothes?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, van life is a little bit minimalism. So you don't really need a ton of clothes. And we live in such a way that, like, it's not like we need fancy dress clothes all the time. Like, when I was working in New York City, you know, I needed a whole wardrobe for work Mm -hmm. and then I needed a whole wardrobe for like going out or on the weekends or whatever. So now our whole wardrobe is basically the fun wardrobe and you don't need any of the corporate stuff, which is nice. But You know, we have a lot of space in here and if you design them well and, you know, think about what your storage needs are and the whole point of building a van is to get innovative and find the dual uses and the nooks and crannies and that extra inch that you can add to your storage. So we actually have a lot.
2: Yeah, realistically, we have uh, where we're sitting right now. This is also a U-shaped table. Behind on the backrest area is where we have all of our clothes. Mine and Alex's clothes are... Rolled up in a particular type of way, to where we could store a lot more stuff. So you come up with like little different ideas. Like we're using like these little shoe rack holders that we've cut up and you know folded into two, and then we could fit shirts into
0: the slots. Right. So it just makes it for a more neat way of of storing your clothes.
1: You have to get creative.
0: That's for sure. I mean, I'm 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 sure. I'm sure there's a million different things I'm not even thinking of. But like, how do you how do you do laundry? Do you just go like town to town laundromats or In a river.
1: Yeah, you can can find a laundromat in any single town in America. You know, whether they're going to be the greatest, fanciest laundromat or something that you might feel dirtier at the end of using, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. But for the most part, we found actually really nice laundromats all over the country. And then we use, you know, instead of like a big giant container of soap, we get the little pucks. Um, So you end up figuring out ways to you know, have less volume of things as well. And
2: realistically, a lot of the time, it makes us a lot more environmentally friendly. Uh, so, like, we're using, like, soaps that are more environmentally friendly, less packaging. Uh, they're strips instead of, like, liquids a lot of the time. Or, like, biodegradable. Because if we ever
1: needed to do some stuff out of our gray tank, yeah. you know, we want to be able to use our soaps in the middle. You know, if we needed to have a shower outside, we don't want to be using super chemically toxic soaps that then might like drain into the water table.
0: That's a good question. That's a good question. Like, what about what about showers? Like, because there's no, I mean, like, there's there, there's plumbing. I'm assuming there's a some sort of bathroom, right? Like, a, like a toilet. Even how does that work? How yep. does all that work?
2: Yeah. So we have a composting toilet, which is basically a toilet that you it's it's a glorified bucket. Yeah. And the bucket, you put dirt into it, and then or you could like bag it and then put dirt into it, and then you use the bathroom into that um, the pee and the poop gets separated because you don't hmm. want the liquids of the pee going into the poop. That's what makes it really smell bad. Right. And right. you just put the dirt right over the poop and the smell is gone. You'd actually be really impressed or surprised when you come in the van, you can't smell anything. It's it actually is better than having like a great, uh, I a black tank or a cassette toilet. Yeah, Cause a lot of the time you get the smell of them
0: when, when they start to get full. I I, you guys are selling me on this van thing. Um, how do you get mail? Cause yeah, like, you don't have a permanent address. So you gotta get mail somehow. Like how do you get mail? What, what's, do you have mail? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we do have a technical
1: permanent address, but it's a family member's house. And mm. so any of like our government mail and all that kind of stuff goes to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Frank's mom. She's actually a postal carrier. So she's happy that to helps. collect it for that us. Helps. That helps and a lot. she'll like take pictures, you know, she'll send it and be like, Oh, is this something important? Like, do you need to see this? Or, you know, sometimes if we're driving through a place and, you know, they do the tolls where they just like take a picture of your license yeah, and, and send it to you it in out. the mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, let us know about those and take pictures of them and send them to us. You can actually sign up for services that will do that for you. So you would pay a monthly fee. They give you a mailing address that you can use as your home address. And then that becomes your like legal domicile, basically.
2: Yeah. And normally those are really cost effective too. They're normally like five to like eight bucks a month. So they're they're not like extremely high cost things, uh, but it also allows you to get your, your information that you need immediately. That way you're not, you're not waiting on somebody to possibly open it or not. They're being paid to do it. So they're much quicker about it.
1: And the other way. So if we need packages delivered to us, Amazon actually has lockers at basically any whole foods or they have them kind of all over the place. So if you're in a more of a metropolitan area, you could Mm -hmm. use an Amazon locker to pick up your package UPS, a lot of the UPS stores do general delivery. So you can actually for free get your packages at a local post office. Um,
0: US, UPS, yeah, the UPS. one that you pay for, US, the brown. yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, so USPS U- UPS. is. USPS, yeah. is United UPS. States Postal Service, UPS is. UPS. United <laughs> Service Postal. Yeah. Whatever. But so they'll,
1: they'll collect your packages for you, but it's five bucks a package. FedEx, mm. you can get delivered to FedEx stores. So you just need to kind of like get a little crafty with how you're getting your mail and kind of think ahead. Like right now we're on a bit of a road trip. So we know we're going to be in this town called Twin Falls next week. So we looked at and found a general delivery post office in Twin Falls, and we're going to get some of our mail delivered there while we're in town. Yeah, and
2: realistically, if we weren't working on the road and working with different brands and sponsorships, we probably wouldn't need it as often as somebody who's not doing that uh, because we have to chat with them and make sure that they're using the general delivery to send it to the post office or if they're going to use UPS and we know, like, okay, this is a store that you could send it to. So we definitely have to make sure that everything's lining up. Otherwise, we have to chase packages down. That's
0: no fun. So do you guys, like, eat – Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like at a restaurant, diner, out, out and about, no cooking? No, we don't live in New York anymore. Oh. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> hey, those New York <laughs> diners, man, they'll still get you those pancakes. Open at th- Sometimes pancakes at three in the morning is like, just what a growing boy needs. So, like, <laughs> like what, what's a traditional like, menu for food for you guys?
1: Yeah, so we cook a lot of our meals inside the van. I'd say that we cook about 90% of our meals inside the van. It's kind of like a treat if we go out for yeah. something. How does that um, work? A, it's, it's a, like, how does that work? Yeah, so we have a propane cooktop. Mm. We have a propane tank, so it's like fire. We use pots and pans like you would in a regular kitchen. We have a big cutting board, a big chef's knife. and yeah, We have a 60-liter fridge, which can hold up to kind of two weeks worth of groceries in it. And basically, we just cook a lot of fresh food. Like we'll make, yeah, we just had like a, like a breakfast burrito. omelet burrito. Um, I'll make oatmeal. We'll make soups, stews, pasta. We had
2: pizza the other day in the van, which we actually cooked on the the, the cooktop with a frying pan. So, oh. you know, if you have a will as way.
1: And I like to cook, so I'll definitely, I'm happy to like whip up meals and you really don't need a lot to be able to put together a delicious meal. And
2: to give you the idea of like the cost effectiveness behind it, we have a 10 pound tank, which is about three to four gallons of, of propane that lasts us almost three months at a time if we're just cooking. And that only costs us about nine to $12 to fill up. So to cook for three months, it costs us 12 bucks.
0: God damn. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get in the money. Don't worry. Like I'm, gonna, I, have a, I have a yeah money. We could probably do a full hour podcast just on the finances of this. Yeah. But I'm not a financial expert, and this isn't a finance podcast. Before I get there, with like electricity, right? Like, how do like how do you charge your phones? How is like you have you have to obviously this sun, the sun the sunroof up there, the sunlight. But how how do you like power anything? I know that the car battery can only last so much. No.
2: Oh yeah, so we actually don't use our car battery to power anything except for when we're, we're driving. We have what you call a DC or the DC charger, and that charges your, your house batteries, your back battery bank. We have three lithium-ion 100-amp-hour batteries, which is 300 total amp-hours, and we could drain it pretty much all the way to the, to the core of it because um, they have a BMS system in it that keeps it from having any damage. But, I mean, realistically, we don't use that much energy, and we have... Um solar panels on our roof, which also bring mm. in some type of energy whenever mm-hmm. there's sun out. So between those two sources and how much we drive, we always are pretty much full on power, sitting around thirteen volts, thirteen point three volts. I know this is all crazy lingo to you, but we then have a um inverter charger that creates one twenty like household like plug in power hey, for yeah. us. Yep. And we can plug in our laptops, our phones. We also have 12-volt USB ports that we can plug in phones to and other equipment. Um, So we have unlimited ways to charge. And actually, sometimes when we're on the road and I wind up helping somebody out on the road, they need batteries charged, and we could easily charge them. Meanwhile, they would have to go all the way back to their home just to charge a drill. But we have everything right
0: here ready to go. Yeah, you guys must live off free, free internet, free Wi-Fi everywhere you go. Well, we actually have
1: a Wi-Fi maker strapped to the roof of the van.
0: Whoa, 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 so... whoa, 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 pause, pause, pause. <laughs> That's a real thing? Yeah. How, yeah. how, does, how, does, how does that, you, you make your own Wi-Fi? How? Well, well, we don't necessarily make our own. We have a
2: receiver that we put, we we put a, uh, like, AT&T or yeah, T-Mobile yeah. or, or Verizon card or any type of uh, uh, service that you can get cell reception. And we put that into a... Little box, basically about this big, and then there's an antenna on the roof that picks up the signal and then gives us Wi-Fi inside our space. So between Verizon and AT and T, we pretty much have service everywhere, and we could we could work while we're on the road. God, that is
0: so cool. That is so cool. All right, now we can talk about money. So before you started, did you save up a bunch of money for this project? Um if you're comfortable you can say how much if not that's totally fine i get it people don't like talk mm-hmm. about money but like how how did you talk about the process of budgeting for this and how much research went into it and how you maintain that budget on the road
1: So i actually wrote a whole book about how we planned and budgeted for van life it's available as an amazon kindle book or an amazon hard copy book if you want to check it out um but basically we set this budget based on stuff that I've seen other YouTubers do. Like, they break down their monthly budgets. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I think we'll roughly need this much per month to live. Um, and so it broke down to $1,000 each per month for 12 months. So we each needed to save 12 Thousand mm-hmm. dollars to yep. be able to travel for a full year without having to worry about anything. And like remind you now, this all happened
2: while we were both working physical jobs in New York City. Um, we were both making probably about around a hundred thousand dollars a year. We were doing fairly well for ourselves uh, with the companies that we were working for respectively. And we were able to buy and build out the van, fix the van while we were while we had an income, as well as save with the cash. money for the travels. So, the budget that we had to live and travel with was separate from the budget that we utilized to build the first van. The first van in total, buying, fixing, and building was probably around fifteen thousand um, dollars. you know, which is fairly
1: on the cheaper end of you know of van life. Well, if you think about it, like fifteen thousand dollars divided by twelve months of the year, that's less than you would be paying in rent in City yeah, I I yeah,
0: I pay. I pay more than that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you end up, you know, saving a lot of money if you're going to live in it for a while. And then we actually turned around and sold that vehicle for a profit and then got ourselves into this newer vehicle. Um, but yeah, so we budgeted that we would be spending about $2,000 a month between the two of us. And we were pretty good at sticking to that. At the beginning, we were doing this challenge where we were trying to get to all 71 Epic and Icon Mountains in a Mm -hmm. single season, which meant that our gas bill was insane. Because like every single day we were driving to like four different mountains or crossing the country or going to the next state or whatever. So we were racking up the miles and the gas bill was getting out of control. But now we travel a lot more slowly, a lot more deliberately. We'll kind of get to an area and hang out there for a couple of weeks, you know. So we're buying gas a lot less often. So that definitely helps keep your budget a lot lower.
2: And I will say that fuel is a lot more expensive this time around than when we
0: were in the first vehicle. So yeah, and uh, I really think about when you're budgeting. How long have you been living the van life? When When did you first start?
1: We moved in in December of 2019. Yeah,
0: so almost two years now we've oh been God. living this lifestyle. So, so you like right when, like a few months later, like COVID started. How did, how did COVID affect your lifestyle? Actually, it didn't at
2: all in the beginning. Um, we lived a very normal lifestyle because we were going to, you know, national parks and state parks and traveling throughout like BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management. It's actually land that we could all – go and utilize and camp on for free. It's something yeah. that we, you know, in our federal taxpayer dollars that there's money that goes towards that. Um, so we actually had an opportunity to kind of explore the country without anybody out there. Um, and we, we would be out in places by ourselves that would normally be pretty packed out uh, in a normal year. So we got to really enjoy life and explore different places. Life was Pretty easy for us compared to a lot of other people.
1: The only thing that really changed, I'll say, is that a lot of things were closed. So we do have a toilet and shower inside of the van, but we try to use showers at gyms or toilets at grocery stores Mm -hmm. or, you know, like using more like public facilities just because then it's less that you have to deal with. It's less water that you're going through. It's less often that you have to dump. Um, But a lot of these public spaces were closed at the very beginning of the pandemic. So that was a little bit stressful. Like you'd run into the grocery store to be like, oh my God, I got to go. And they'd be like, no, our, our bathrooms are closed. And yeah. you're like, good damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a little bit frustrating, but everything's, about, you know, a hundred percent back open. For the most part. Yeah. I mean, I will say that what makes it a little
2: bit harder now is the, the state to state difference yeah. in like how they're handling COVID and everything going on. So depending on the state, you know, you might not be allowed to just kind of show up. You might have to go through certain, you know, maybe get a negative test or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um. So there are a little bit more hoops that you have to jump through now. Um, but overall, it's still an amazing lifestyle if you're willing to put in the work for it.
0: So the budget you originally started with, is is a lot of that money still, is even some of that money still there? Like, do you still make money on this, on the side, obviously you have your podcast, your Patreon, your two books. So there's income coming in from there. Is that enough to sustain yourself, or do you even still work small jobs? Or is it much money that's been budgeted from when you first started?
1: Well, so all the money from when we first started saving is basically gone. Yeah. Um, between living in the van for 11 months and then building a whole new van, you know, we kind of all that money spent. I
2: I will say that we've never went through like our full savings. Like there was always money coming in as we were traveling on the road in the first, you know, van, we were making YouTube, we're making YouTube videos still. And we started to build, uh, an audience on our YouTube channel, which grew enough to where we were making enough money to live this lifestyle on the road and save money. So that was something that was kind of unexpected, but we were working for, we didn't realize it was going to happen so quickly. Uh, For us, we were very fortunate that it was quick enough to where we could put money away uh, and not just fly through our savings. But so
1: now we're at a point where we're earning enough money to pay for our monthly life on the road without going into any of our more long-term savings that we have. So as long as we can continue to make the lifestyle sustainable, like obviously if we got to a point where like nobody wanted to watch our YouTube videos anymore and you know, the Patreons all left and, you know, whatever, book sales dry up, whatever. We would just settle down somewhere and get jobs. But for the time, travel is basically self-sustaining for us.
0: So why not keep traveling? I mean, it's it's a great thing to do. It's a great thing to do when you're young. I mean, you guys are, I'm going to say late 20s. Mid-30s. Mid 30s. Mid yeah, 30s? I'm 32. All right, that was close. Very close enough. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> point is, you're still super young. You get plenty of time. Um, to enjoy this lifestyle. So, like how do taxes work? Because you don't yeah, you you still have like a permanent address per se. Yep. But so I yeah, guess so it would be it would be that state.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we pay our taxes in Florida, which is where our like home address is.
2: And so in Florida there's no state tax, so all you mm. pay is federal taxes. Oh, so we just really, have to
0: make you guys sure. really lucked out then.
1: Yeah. Well, Frank's Frank bought a house for his mom with his siblings. So that's the house that we use as our, you know, domicile. But yeah, so we just, you know, every, you know, at the beginning of the year, I call my accountant and I send them all my papers and show them what we made the year before. And we just submit everything electronically. And
2: one thing that we do is we make sure that we're putting 15% away of whatever our earnings are. So that way that money's put away for taxes. And then when we do all of our taxes at the end of the year, whatever is needed to be paid or is not needed to be paid, either goes into savings or we pay the IRS one the other.
0: Yeah, and you gotta still put away for retirement too. You gotta do all all oh, yeah. of that by yourself. Like oh, yeah. anything, anything a traditional job would do, you gotta do all yourself, so.
2: Well, when you really think back at it, uh, most Americans don't even have jobs that do that. Yeah, most, Americans, most Americans are working, you know, and they have a job that they might make, you know, $27,000 on average a year. They're not putting away money in savings for the, for the most part. So just having the financial savvy and understanding that you need to do these things is very important to all Americans and all people out there in general uh, to make sure to take like 10% of your money and at least put it into some type of investment or savings account, something that's going to accrue some type of interest so you can have more value later on in life.
1: And also the really important thing about van life is having an emergency fund because Mm -hmm. something might happen to your van. You might have, you know... An engine part go out, or a flat tire, or you know, a hailstorm dents in all your business. Mm -hmm. You know, like your house, it basically goes through an earthquake every single day as you're driving it around. Eventually, you're going to end up in the shop. Something's going to give. So you do need to have you know some money put aside for that rainy day because you know we do know van lifers who are kind of like down to their you know they're living to their like zero. You know, like. Everybody knows somebody who every single month, it's like budgeting down to that last dollar, which is fine until you have a $600 bill from a mechanic. And then what do you do? So for us, it's really important, you know, and we always advocate that if you're coming into van life, you should be debt free and you should also have a safety net where if something goes wrong that you can afford to get yourself out of that situation.
0: That's that's really good advice. That's really, really good advice. And Jasmine are gonna listen to this. Don't get any ideas, all right? We're not there yet. Um, <laughs> and she's a she's a finance writer, so she knows she knows all about the money. So there's definitely I'm gonna be asking all these questions. Um, so on your YouTube channel, they're very very, 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 very well edited. Like you guys this live you guys present yourself as like the best life ever. Your podcast, I think, is excellent because it's pretty much just giving advice for if you want to try to lifestyle. But there's some difficult parts you aren't showing us like this. This life is not as easy or like as glamorous as as people like to portray it to be, because that's just not how life is. So tell me the hardest part about this life, the most difficult part where you just kind of go, I need to stop.
2: Yeah, I would say that would be uh, breakdowns. And we actually did show a lot of that in our first travels because we had a lot of breakdowns in that first band. Um you know, with that being said, we actually do try to show all sides of van life yeah. all the time. Uh, the, the thing is that it is pretty glamorous for the most part because you're traveling to a lot of different places yeah. and the scene is always changing. So I think that's what people pick up on mostly. But meanwhile, in almost every single one of our videos, there is some type of trial or tribulation that happens where we're like forced to go through something that, isn't easy we just make it look easy because we're willing to stand up to that challenge
1: well and i think you have to be ready to just fix stuff as it comes up you know like we had our plumbing completely fall out of our van and you know that could have just ruined our whole day but instead we just pulled up to a random uh, hardware store and figured it out you know and so a lot of the lifestyle is that instead of in a house where everything is just given to you and you have your electricity and you have your water and you have, you know, everything that you could possibly need at your fingertips in a van, sometimes you have to work for those things. Mm Yeah. So if you want to have a shower, you need to set up the water heater. You need to make sure that, you know, the shower curtain Mm -hmm. is up and you're in a right place. And like, so it takes a lot more steps to do the everyday things, which I think people could find tedious or annoying or whatever, but because, We don't work full-time, and now we have, well, I mean, we're entrepreneurs, so we work all (laughs) the time, so it's, you know, just a different mentality about it, but everything you do is a couple more steps, Yeah. but because you have the luxury of time when you're living van life, you know, it just makes you more thoughtful and more present about everything that you do. Well, and like like Alex
2: was saying about the shower, you need to make sure that you even have the water in your van to take the shower, so every... You know, two weeks we're filling up water. I guess that's the less glamorous things. uh, Is when we're sticking a hose into the back of the van to fill up our water tank. Any 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 hot water, or is it all cold? Oh, we have hot water for our showers, but we have cold water at our sink. Yeah, Uh, whatever the temperature of the whatever the temperature of the van is is what the water comes out of the sink. So as long as we have the heater on the winter, we always have warm enough water. It it does get. a little cold in the winter time when you're washing dishes and, and whatnot. Uh, but realistically, if you wanted to have hot water at the sink, you can. We were trying to use like a different method, um, but unfortunately that method didn't work with the system that we used. But that's part of the life. You you experiment, you know, you try things out. And uh, if we really wanted to have hot
0: water at the sink, we could make it happen. Any signs of slowing down? Like how long you, how long you see yourself doing this? And like assuming, assuming, you know, fingers crossed, you guys get married and have kids are your kids going to live this life?
1: So yeah, so we have plans to be in this van until at least probably the middle of next year and then we're already talking about buying something else um and renovating that to stay on the road even longer. That would be kind of like our baby mobile. So <laughs> I like how you said that. The baby mobile. So, we're you know, we would be designing it with the idea of having a car seat and having mm-hmm. you know, a a crib and all that kind of stuff like built into it um, because you know, we're, I'm 34. So that's definitely something that we're thinking about. So, yeah. So I think at least for the first couple of years of the kid's life, you could definitely live this lifestyle. I mean, you know, it's almost amazing. Like the kids that we meet on the road are so smart and so outgoing and so oh, yeah. outdoorsy and they're all spoken. They can talk to adults. Like I find a lot of kids, don't know how to talk to adults, Mm -hmm. you know,
2: they're extremely independent. Like a lot of them know what they like and, and are excited to explore all different types of new things. And like, you know, where you see the traditional kid, not really into a lot of things. They want to play that video game or, you know, you don't see kids out on the street playing anymore Mm -hmm. where in this lifestyle, you get that because they're in nature. They have to kind of figure out their own ways of,
0: of entertainment, you know? Yeah, well, they have life experience, right? And life experience is literally the best teacher. Like you guys, the two of you are probably so much smarter now than when you started. And even though I'm assuming you guys both had college careers, we made much, much money as you did. You probably definitely had college careers. You're probably more smarter now than ever before. It's because all the life skills you have to pick up. I'm going to assume one of those life skills was editing a podcast in your YouTube channel because I do want to pivot the conversation to there. Do you guys do everything yourself you got like a, a man at home behind a computer like me who does love your editing for you
1: uh no you we do, do it everything ourselves love so it. we put, we're putting out two youtube videos a week sorry our dog is like That's whenever a, okay. we go to start recording something especially a podcast i don't know why he loves to just like be involved in the podcast so, so
0: sorry where did the idea of the podcast come from like whose whose idea was it and how did that come about I don't know who's idea I think
2: it was actually my idea. So my idea, I listened to a lot of Gary V and I'm sure you know who Gary Vee Of course, um, one of my yeah, idols. Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, he he talks about being on all different platforms, all different social medias. If you can make a YouTube video or something, you can take that audio and you can make it into a podcast. Yep. So it was really an idea of being able to spread as much information across every different type of platform that we could. So yeah, we started doing the the podcast um, and it was very little editing at first and we realized that we needed to put a little bit more time and effort into, it's not as much time and effort as we do in the YouTube videos because there's a lot more that goes into editing videos than there is in editing a podcast, Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. It's like, it's like
0: yeah. audio is like 2D, videos 3D.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. 100%. That's a great way to explain it. Um, but yeah, so the podcast was something that we did here and there we tried to do it once a week i think in the beginning of the pandemic is when we really started to make the podcasts and uh, we realized that we could probably do it about once a week uh, at that time because we were uploading three videos a week so there was a lot of time being put into the video yeah. creation aspect of of this lifestyle um and then the podcast kind of took a back seat when we when we started building out this new van um and and then we realized well we we really enjoyed doing the podcast. And we also saw a lot of people start really enjoying the podcast themselves and they were reaching out to us saying, hey, we really love the podcast. Thank you so much for all this information. It's really helpful. I found your YouTube channel through your podcast. Like there Mm -hmm. was a lot of, you know, people pivoting to other stuff that we create. So it was a great outlet um, to express ourselves a little bit deeper about the lifestyle and to give people information. And so, yeah, now we put out a podcast you know, religiously, every single week, is at least one podcast. And we even do an extra one for our Patreons once a month. So it just gives them a little bit more incentive
0: to come to that platform as well. And a podcast is called the F&A Van Life Podcast, correct? Yeah. Correct, yeah. Available everywhere?
1: Yeah. As far as we know.
0: Yeah, as we, as used, you know. We,
1: upload,
2: we upload through a thing called Anchor, which a lot okay, of people
1: use, are aware of. use
0: Anchor. Okay, you yeah. know what? Okay. And
1: then we've also... After using Anchor for a while, it came to our attention that there was a bunch of other platforms that Anchor doesn't serve Yeah. So we I'm, actually I'm, did I'm a look, whole exercise. I'm looking up
0: right now. I'm looking up to see if you're on Stitcher. Yeah.
1: yeah so yeah. we actually went through an exercise to try to figure out a lot of the other ones because, you know, with YouTube. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. On YouTube, it's like YouTube is YouTube. You know what I mean? And so you put your videos up there. But even now we're learning, you know, that there's services like Newsbreak and, Billy Billy, and you know, all these other places.
2: And was it uh, Library, the other one?
1: Oh yeah, Odyssey. So like, there's yeah. a lot of other places that we could be sending our YouTube videos that could also be earning us, you know, new fans or income in other places. It's just a matter of knowing what they are.
0: Well, my philosophy of podcasting is very simple. It's that everything needs to be everywhere, always. Yep. Everything needs to be everywhere yeah. as, as, Love as it. often as you can do it. So like one thing we do, like we, we do build custom RSS feeds. Now you guys already use anchor. Do not, like, I would not suggest switching from it. They're, they're like redirecting feeds can be a disaster. I know from experience. Um, but like when we make our own custom feeds, we distribute to 25 to 25 plus places worldwide because you never know who's listening. Like cool, the, yeah. the platform is called Ghana. Like G-A-A-N-A, it's one of the biggest platforms globally. But, like, I've never heard of it. I don't listen to it on anything on Ghana. I listen to everything on uh, Stitcher. But you never know who's listening. Like For some reason, like, someone in Europe like what, might love the American van life because people in Europe love American trends and stuff like that. And then, like, yeah. this is totally something you can do around Europe as well, the van life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, a lot of our, I shouldn't say a lot, but a, definitely a, a percentage a, a decent sized percentage of our audience comes from uh, Europe, as well as like Australia, mm-hmm. and all New Zealand, all around the world. We have people from uh, Japan that come on, you know, you could sort of see your statistics and you could see every everybody that views
0: your content, whether it's a podcast or a uh, YouTube video. Luckily, Anchor does give the ability. You have the RSS feed in your settings. You can mainly distribute it wherever you want. Um, So the podcast, how does the podcast kind of go hand in hand with the van life? Because I can only imagine how much research goes into the podcast. Like, yes, you're talking about stuff from your own personal lives, but also like your latest episode I was listening to, you're giving tips about life in the winter and insulation. So how much research do you have to give to the podcast? Make sure one, you're giving the audience the best tips and two, You could be like thinking, huh, this is going to improve my own experience too. So how has the podcast improved your van life? I think for us, it's been really nice to
1: connect with other van lifers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as we travel around the country, obviously we meet people, but it's not all the time that you, you know, happen to be in the same place, same time as someone. So the podcast has really given us an ability to make these connections with other van lifers that we would maybe never have been able to have. And then so through that, you know, conversation with them, then, you know, maybe they're looking at us a little bit more. So then, you know, when we do end up in the same place, you know, we end up meeting up together. So it's been a really good networking tool for us. We do definitely put some research into what we're talking about, but most of it is just through trial and error and research. I feel like most or like living life. I think that most van life things or most information in van life comes from something going terribly wrong and then you figuring out how to fix it.
2: Yeah. And you realizing what that is doesn't work or how you have to make it work. Uh, and also like Alex and Sam, we talked to a lot of other van lifers or bus lifers of nomadic people, and you actually wind up being a huge source of information for each other. Mm-hmm. So there's things that everybody does differently. So you learn that, but you know the insulation that they may have used might be a little bit better than what you might've used or the heater that you have might be more cost effective as well as a better source of heat for your rig, you know, and just being having that opportunity to be able to talk to everybody as well as like, even on the YouTube channel, I know that we're talking about podcasts, but even on the YouTube channel, we did a ton of van tours and different style tours that allowed us to get a lot of information. And the thing is, a lot of people don't tell you the problems in those tours. So we wind up seeing those problems, you know, a week down the road when we're caravanning with those people. So we start to realize what
0: truly does and does not work in a van. Was it harder to start a podcast or harder to start the van life?
1: Mm -hmm. I think it it was harder to start the van life. Anybody could start a podcast anywhere. It doesn't matter. You know, there's no barrier to entry to podcasting. You could literally, you know, record it on your phone Mm -hmm. and upload it. It's obviously, it's nice if you have a nice mic and all this stuff and you can edit and cut and whatever, but you know, it's almost the same as YouTube. Like people are like, Oh, do I need all this fancy equipment? Blah, blah, blah. No, you could literally start your channel with nothing. And I think that yeah. the thing about it is the more time you put into it and the more committed you are to making it good and making it better and making it useful.
2: The higher quality.
1: Yeah. It just, over time you get better at doing it. And that's yeah. like anything. Whereas van life, you got to build a freaking van. Well, I, that's where you got to start. I mean, I g- I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go against what
2: Alex said there a little bit. And the reason why I say that is because van life doesn't necessarily have to be like what we have in the in the sense of the immaculate style build. You know, you could start off with a van, you know, that's kind of empty and put milk crates kind of in it and set them up and figure out how you want to live. You could have a more, you know. Um, uh, uh, you don't have to have that electric water pump. You could have just like the bottle that you could for fill a up a pump. yeah a foot pump or something that you could just fill. And then you could turn it over and open up the valve and fill up your water bottle and wash your hands from that, you know? So you could come into van life, you know, and say you find a van for a thousand bucks and you could build out a van for less than a thousand bucks and be in it for $2,000, but you're not going to have the, you know, like if you're editing the video and you're getting better at it, as you edit the van and you change it around, it gets nicer. It gets more appealing. It, yeah. it becomes, you know, more homey. And as you, you know, you level up in, in the sense of, you know, creating a better space for yourself, that, that's how it becomes, you know, more glamorous for you to live, if that makes
0: sense. So do you consider your podcast like a job? Like, is, like is, is, is your podcast more of a, a passion project that goes towards, you know, your lifestyle or is it more of a business tool to help enhance your lifestyle? I think it's a bit of both.
1: Yeah, we do really enjoy it and we love talking to new people, but it's also been a really great way for us to reach a whole new audience. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like watching things, some people like listening to things. Mm-hmm. And so having the medium of the podcast has really introduced us to a whole lot of new people who might never have found us had it not been for the podcast. Mm -hmm. So it definitely has opened a lot of doors in that kind of way because, you know, then those people come and check out the YouTube channel or they come and check out the Patreon or they buy a copy of the book or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you know, obviously we're providing as much free value as we possibly can, Mm -hmm. but it is a business decision also
2: yeah, I do. I do think that the business side of it is, is wonderful. It allows us to grow. But also at the same time, it's a it's a great outlet for us to just chat and be open and honest and have opportunity to meet new people. So I, I think that that's why I say it's both things. We we enjoy doing it. It's not like, oh, man, we got to do a podcast again. It's like, all right, hey, let's sit down. Let's talk about this topic. And then we just, you know, we write down a couple points that
0: we really want to make and we want to talk about. And then we go from there. And yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy putting yourself out there like that, especially like on the road. To so, I anything mean, like Grant, you have to, you have to, you have to, like the the anonymity of saying, no one really, you know, to the most part, no one can know where I am. So there's that. But like, I, I struggle with that sometimes. It's like, yeah, this is this is a podcast. You know, I talk to podcasts, my other podcasts, where I talk to non-podcasters, I also find them interesting, but it's still putting itself out there. How do you, how is it so easy for you guys just to have a camera running? A lot. And to say, "Hey, here's what we're doing today. Welcome to my life. Like, how do you do that? It's very, it's hard for me. And I want a podcast company. Come on now. <laughs> it, it was not easy for me at first.
2: And I'm a super outgoing. I'll talk to a wall if I have to kind of person. Yeah. But that, to hold that camera in front of my face and talk, I like, almost froze up a little bit or just didn't know what to say. You
1: just didn't have the same energy yeah. as you had in real life on camera.
2: Yeah. So I think that for me came over time and even still today, sometimes, you know, you, you're just not up for filming, but you kind of got to do it or yeah. what, what, whatever the case may be. It's something that you definitely have to work into. Some people like Alex, I think just like kind of had it. Like she, she's great on camera. She's able to be herself. She's funny. Um, I, I think that she hits all checks all the boxes when it comes to being on camera.
1: Well, thank you very much. But I also used to compete as a public speaker. So I was in an oh, organization go. called Toastmasters, no and I did
0: that way. My cousin Yeah My cousin's a Toastmaster uh, in Massachusetts, and she does a podcast on our network called Talking Toastmasters, where she talks a bunch of Toastmasters. So cool. I'm very familiar with Toastmasters. Yeah, it's a really cool organization. That's I didn't know it was international.
1: Yeah. So I joined it in Canada originally. And then when I came to New York, I liked it so much. I found a club in New York. Um, And actually one of the businesses that I worked at, they had a in-house Toastmasters club where they would actually give you a thousand dollar bonus if you completed your first 10 speeches within a year. Mm -hmm. So you're like, I'm like, yeah, that's easy. I'll do 10 speeches and make a thousand dollars. Like who would say no to that? But apparently a lot of people would say no to that because a lot of people don't like public speaking. But in any case, so I had a little bit of a background in that, you know, just articulating myself in front of people. So, and also before Frankie and I met, we both had our own YouTube channels. So I was the hungry health coach and I was, you know, doing cooking videos and healthy Mm. lifestyle stuff. And Frank was F-bomb vlogs, doing snowboarding videos. So we had a little bit of experience on our own before we joined forces as F&A Van Life. Um... But I think the hardest thing about putting your life out there like that nowadays,
0: the comments.
1: The comments. Yeah. 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 So we get so much overwhelmingly positive comments, and the majority of people who watch our stuff are lovely. But then you get the couple of haters or the, you know, the rude people that come in and just like kind of try to funk up your whole day, you know? Yeah. They definitely make you feel some type of way. And it's kind of funny. You have to, really have to
2: be able to balance out the fact that a lot of those people, when they say these things, it's very much a reflection of themselves. And it's very much mm-hmm. um, what they're going through, mm-hmm. like their their own thought process. So to to remember to not be offended by it and to understand that it's just coming from their perspective of what they've been through and then trying to correlate it to what they've just seen, um, you know, you have to just be like, okay, it's fine. And then you have to come at the comment with a, you know, a good twist on it or a positive way or say, you know, you're entitled to that opinion. You know, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And but this is realistically how it goes when you live on the road, because we're doing
1: it. It's just uh-huh. hard because I feel like the bad comments stand out in your mind. What you can read a hundred good yeah, comments one and bad that comment one bad actually. comment. But the nice thing about podcasting is you don't really get that many bad comments. Yeah. Like I feel like um you know obviously we want people to leave reviews and we want people to like do five stars and blah 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 but you get way less um interaction with people on the podcast because there's not like a real comment section as such for like each episode so you know you'll get the stars and whatever and like i don't i don't think anybody's ever given us like a one star review on our podcast cuz you know maybe we're just not that big yet but you know you don't have that same keyboard warrior world in the world of podcasting as you do in the world of video. I also think a big difference is when you listen to a podcast a lot of the time, or at least in our,
2: you know, in our life, we listen to it while we're traveling a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're driving, there isn't, you have the inability to comment if there is there an opportunity. Um, and instead you're clicking to the next podcast to listen to instead of making that comment.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people yelling at their radios, which is exactly where they should be yelling. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's my true opinion. Um, so what has been the most successful part of your podcast? Where did you find the most success? I think just in hearing from
1: people who listen to the podcast, like mm-hmm. we get emails from people all the time thanking us for putting this information out, thanking us for being so open about all the topics that we're talking about, and really just kind of like, you know, reaffirming that you know, we are reaching the right people and the people who need to hear this information are getting it. And it's just really satisfying to know that we're helping people on their van life journey. Yeah.
2: And it would be wonderful to to have tremendous growth and be a huge podcast. But at the same time, as long as there's people out there that are, are getting value from it, that's all that matters to us. Even if it's one person, that's okay. We, we want to try to give as much value as we can. And if we help somebody, we've done our job.
0: All right. All right, guys. Let's do some lightning rounds. I think this has been fantastic so far, but it's the lightning round. Um, so right. the most most underrated part of the country that you've been to? Honestly, I think right where we are, Idaho. Yeah, Idaho is pretty crazy. All right. Uh, can't we go back to this part of the country? Montana, Alaska. Ooh. Okay. All right. Why Alaska? I heard I've heard great things about Alaska. It's gorgeous. I've heard. Wait, so you guys drove through, all the way through Canada? No, we shipped our van. From
1: Seattle
0: wow. to Anchorage. Yeah. I don't even wanna know how much that costs. But okay, so what did you love about what'd you love about Alaska? Uh just the
2: fact that this lifestyle in Alaska is super easy to live. Um, as well as it, it is just it's one of the most glorious places that you could go. It's very untouched. Mm-hmm. The glaciers that are there are incredible. Um, I mean once you've seen one, you kind of seen them all, but it's just such a phenomenon that you don't really get to see in the lower forty eight. There's mountains everywhere.
1: There's so much wildlife. We saw grizzly bears. We oh, saw God. seals. We saw salmon. And
2: it's, deer. Like, it's like zero to a hundred as well. So it's like, you are know, on ground
0: level, and then bam, there's an 8,000 foot mountain directly in front of your face. Yeah. All right, why, why Montana? I've heard great things about Montana as well. Other than that, it's... Yeah, no so no it's
1: just absolutely beautiful. You know, they call it Big Sky for a reason. It's just an amazing landscape. They have some beautiful mountains there, wonderful forests. We saw probably our most epic starry night skies in Montana. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like a real cool, chill vibe.
0: Okay. Um, when I retire, I'm going to retire to... Oof, that's a tough one. Live in a van and travel the country. <laughs> <laughs> do it all over again. <laughs> Go back to it. I mean, honestly, because, like, so what do you, what do you guys do, like, you guys must have a lot of free time. Like, what do you, what do you, when you go to these places, like, what's, what's the goal? Like, you guys like extreme sports, obviously hiking, nature, but like, what, what, what is it you actually consume your day with other than, you know, making sure the van's okay, the podcast, the editing, like in your free time the for fun? Well,
2: we go, what? Oh, good, good. How are you guys that I was just going to say, we do a lot of editing. We spend a lot of the time working, but when we do have free time, we love to hike. We love to, I love to snowboard in the winter. That's like my absolute favorite thing to do in life anything like pretty extreme i like we do a lot of hot springs
1: yeah idaho has over 160 hot springs so we've just been soaking all over the country which is amazing um we like to kind of explore some delicious food history so, of places
2: we like to we like to learn about history of places yeah
1: we're always just kind of like talking to locals and seeing what they tell us to do a lot of our travels is based on you know oh this is the best hike in the area or you know we'll google where's the best place to watch the sunset in this town and you know just kind of go do those things you spend a lot
2: of time just being free you know having an opportunity to have like true freedom and just kind of do what we want
0: when we want
1: except when we have to take Paco out because he's very demanding so yeah, we're as, on his
0: time schedule as 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 dogs are what kind of dog what kind of, what kind of breed is he
1: He's a Chihuahua Terrier mix with maybe like a little bit of pug. We rescued him, so we're not one hundred percent.
0: That's a good mix. All right. So uh, when you when you first first left the first pit stop, the first destination spot was
2: it was upstate New York. Actually, upstate New York. Yeah, upstate New York to go snowboarding.
1: Um, Our first night, we slept in the hotel parking lot of a Best Western, and I fully freaked out about it. <laughs>
0: yeah, it sounds bad. That's why what I would do. All right. Um. Uh, I can't wait to go to, I'm I can't a, wait to go to Australia.
1: I can't wait to go to Mexico.
0: Mexico. In oh, the yeah. van. Well, I'm pretty sure you can't take the van. Well, I guess you could ship the van to Australia. How much is that going to cost? A lot. A lot. A lot, a lot. A lot yeah. But yeah. So
1: actually in a lot of these places, especially like Australia and New Zealand and even in Europe, there's they a pretty, there's a pretty well like traveled van life route. So you could actually just show up there with a backpack and buy a van. And travel mm-hmm. in it for a number of months and then turn around and sell it when you're ready to leave. I
0: suggest that. Yeah. I keep telling people when I retire, I want to go live in like New Zealand where all the hobbits live. I want to be a professional oh, yeah. hobbit. Like I want to live in the hole in the ground. People think I'm kidding. No, I'm dead serious. Like, that's what, that's what, gotta what I, that's what I want to do. You got to build up those calluses. Oh, my toenails are like... already gross. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 I'm halfway there. <laughs> I should probably edit that out. I'm not going to, but I should. Um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, New Zealand, definitely my bucket list. Um, Likewise. Anyone else in the country that's on the bucket list, or is at this point it's a lot of international?
1: Well, so we've already been to over 40 states. I mean, we should probably look and see what the 12 that we haven't seen are and maybe knock those off. Yeah. But the thing about America is that no matter where you are in America, you're in America and you can do all the America things that you could do in any other America state. This is
0: coming from a Canadian. So yeah, I think right. that actually she's hundred percent right, doing. though. Like, you know, it's different yeah. states, but it's all it's the same old America to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say yes and no
2: because everywhere you go is slightly different. Yeah, like different the, cultures. culture for is sure. Definitely different than the north. Yeah, in oh, yeah. the center, the west
1: is different than the east. I get it, but. Everybody speaks English. Correct. You can go to a McDonald's. You can go to a Walgreens. It's easy. It's it's easy. easy. It's easy. So I think at this point in time, we're looking for not, you know, maybe something that's a little bit more challenging, something that's going to push our comfort zone. And so that's why I'm really excited to start traveling in Central America.
0: Is there any, like, differences in states that like, you think are just ridiculous? Like, when I travel to different states, like, I'm not a smoker, but I can see cigarette prices. I'm just like, that's stupid. Like, why, why are they $13 or $15 in New York City, but $4 in Nashville? Like, what? Because in Nashville... In Nashville, they don't care about your your health. In New York, they want you to quit. New York, they don't care about your health either, please. Well, but what I'm, what I'm saying, you're right. You know, disgu- right, you, know disgu- you should know this. You know disgusting the New York City air is, the subway, to smell oh, like pissed, piss, homeless, and vomit and this ugh. Like, at least in Montana yeah, or Alaska, you get crisp, fresh air. That's what I'm jealous huh. of. You guys can actually breathe. Oh yeah, we can we we actually have had great help since we left New York. But I will
2: say though the the reason for that is to try to d- d- deter people from buying the
1: cigarette. But we do it definitely see price differences, especially I feel like the worst price differences are when you're in the middle of nowhere oh, yeah. and there's only like one shop in town and they're like ha ha this is how much a bag of chips costs. Is an 8 dollar like, chips. Well, wow. if I want them That's what they are, you know? So you get kind of like hosed when you're in the middle of nowhere.
0: That's capitalism, Um, baby. Yes, it's capitalism, but
1: But so for the most part, when you're in big cities, you can get basically any name brand, whatever, for the same price that you would get anywhere else. Um, But yeah, I feel like the biggest difference, especially since COVID and everything, is as soon as you cross the state line, you can tell whether they're like, gung-ho on regulations or whether it's a free-for-all. Yeah. So, it's been very interesting to travel during this time when you, like, leave one state where they're, like, everything is masked up, like, don't go out of your house, like, essential travel only, and then the next state's, like, come on in, throw that mask out, that shit don't work no more, you know? You're, like, okay,
0: cool. You guys must have, like, the clearest mindset and the clearest view on politics, because you probably get so many different perspectives from so many different people, but then again, do you keep like, keep your finger on the pulse of like what's going on? Like obviously, you know, big things like COVID or whoever, but like do you do you pay attention to the political world or what's current events? Like Colin Powell died the other day. Like, do you pay attention to stuff like that? Or is this who cares? Yeah, we we know about it. Um
2: the, the thing about the thing about media and and that style of, you know, consumption is it it could be very poor to your mental health. So we try to stay away from most of it. The interesting part is that anything in big media that you see is being paid by somebody. So there's some type of agenda either way, Mm -hmm. you know, so we try to sit very much in the middle and, you know, listen to things that we feel are are right and do some research
0: and just try to figure out, you know, kind of where we sit in the grand scheme of it. Yeah, and I definitely think that's because you travel the country and just, just diff- you just experience so many different walks of life so you just have a better understanding and even sympathy or empathy for what people are going through. Like, yep. you've probably like, what's what's one of like the, I don't want to use the word poorest, but like one of the most underdeveloped parts of the country or towns or areas or counties that you've been to?
1: I feel like Mobile, Alabama. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: It was just really sad. It was very run down. It didn't seem like that there was much um, money or value coming to the area, uh, anymore. Um, and it, it just seemed that like when things go bad, they just let them be instead of, you know, trying to fix it and make it a little bit nicer.
1: West Virginia was a bit West of West Virginia. Too. Yeah. I think that, like you said, though, we've met so many different people from so many different walks of life. And I think that the benefit that Frank and I have from traveling so much is that You know, the news wants you to pick a side Mm -hmm. and champion for that side and hate anybody who's not on your side. But because we've met so many people from all different sides and had wonderful conversations and been so welcomed into different homes. And, you know, I think at the root of it, human beings are really nice people and everybody just wants to get along. And, you know, it's just, it's hard when everything gets so divisive. But at the root of it, everybody just wants to be happy.
0: And if oh, Lapi really, has the exact same issues too. Like, if you talk to someone from Mobile, Alabama, they have very very similar issues to people in like Queens, New York. Like, oh, in terms yes, of either, especially, especially, especially with finance, right? Like finance, mm-hmm. healthcare, yeah. you know, vision, any, yeah. this, the basic necessities. Like, we all have the same common grievances. It's just we just disagree on fringes.
2: Well, it's it's like how we it's like how we argue about it instead of like it's like instead of listening to each other, uh, we a lot of the time just attack one another and we don't listen. We we hear but we don't listen, Mm -hmm. and it's like words are hitting you in the face, but they're just kind of bouncing off, you know, instead of going through your ear and into your brain. Uh, And I, I think that people are so gung ho on like what they're hearing on the news from their side that they're not stepping back and you're like, okay, like tell me why you feel that way and listening and then say, okay, well, this is from my experience, this is what I've been through. Does that help change your theory or your feeling a little bit? You know, And, you, and if you keep doing it like that and everybody actually listens and has good, honest conversation, we could get somewhere. But the yeah. more that we just yell at each other, it's like you look at the presidential elections now and it's just each person trying to badger how bad the other person is Rather than actually fixing the problems in America.
0: Yeah. Sometimes sometimes the only way you can actually communicate with people is just to pack your shit up, get in a van and go do it. So yes. so my friends, I think that's a perfect place to end it off. Unless is there anything else you'd like to add to this podcast? Anything you want to ask me? You know, like the the the, the final question always goes to the guests. Guests. So I guess my question for you is after listening to this
2: podcast and having this information from us how do you feel about the lifestyle what has changed in your mindset
0: i mean it's it's surprising to me how i don't use the word easy but how like because when i was doing this taking all these questions i was just like okay how does this work how does this work how does that work And it's just like well it's really it's really not as complicated as you would think it is it's like we're so conditioned to this this is the life you live it's like well no you can just go. You really can live this lifestyle. And the fact that it stripped shocked me the most was the thousand dollars a month. We're just like my own. God, good God, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's really it. So yeah, I definitely learned a lot. I mean, there's definitely a few questions I definitely want to ask, which I'll probably ask you afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I definitely learned a lot from the lifestyle. I mean, I respect the lifestyle. I respect what you guys do. It's definitely not easy. But the fact that you guys do it and you do it is such happy and glee, like you two are the happiest two of the happiest people I've ever met. And I live in New York, and there's a lot of unhappy people here. But I've also come from a small town in, in Massachusetts where there's a lot of happy people. I'm a very happy person in general. But it's like, you know, one of the questions I had that I didn't ask was like, you know, is it hard in your relationship? I'm like, no, probably it's probably actually easier because you guys are just doing these crazy things together, and you're always together, and you're always happy. What's it to argue about?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would say you just nip things in the bud as they come. Like don't, don't dwell on anything. If you are doing it with, you know, uh, uh, somebody else, like if you have, if you're a couple and you're going to live this lifestyle, make sure that you have a lot of transparency and you talk to each other about everything. Cause that's the best thing you could do.
0: Like you probably get comments from people. This is stupid. Get a real job. Hippie. Like, you know, just crap like yeah. that. It's like, no man, this is, I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that, but I was like, I was open-minded and curious. It's just, I couldn't do it, I could never do it, but I wish I had the strength where I could, that kind of a mm. thing. Like I, I know mm. me too well to know that I couldn't do it, but I wish I had that drive, pardon the pun. Yeah. I feel
1: like van life is the rise of the digital nomad and the four hour work we kind of exemplified. Yeah. You know, like figuring out how to live with less so that you can create a business and an income online. And then you could travel wherever you want and pay all your bills and save for retirement and do all the things that you're supposed to do. But without the burden of debt of paying 1500 plus bucks a month for rent and utilities and blah, blah, blah.
0: And yeah. On you your own terms. Yeah. I mean like I could see myself, you know, doing it for like a month, three months, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe six. I months. think that <laughs> if you did, you would get sucked in. Probably yep. honestly, you're probably right. But you know, that's that's just the fun of it. And I, I wish you two nothing but the best. I love what you're doing. Um, I, I think I really do think it's 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 different. It's interesting, and I'm glad people like you exist because that's a whole po- another reason why I do this podcast. For my own perspective, you guys get perspective traveling the country. I get perspective sitting in my rocking chair talking to people about what they do <laughs> in their podcasts. <laughs> so two sides that of the is. same coin, I guess. So um, before we go, tell everyone where they can find you, your YouTube channel, your podcast, your books, your Patreon. Anything you want to plug, my friends, floor is yours. All right. So you can find us on all social media platforms at A
2: van life. It's, it's one of the easiest things to type in F the letter N the letter a van life. You're good to go. You can find us everywhere. And Alex tell them about your books.
1: Oh yeah. So I have two books for sale on Amazon and I'm about to drop a third one, which is going to be a travel guide to Alaska. Oh, but if you go. want to pick up the ultimate van life book guide,
0: just go on Amazon, type in the van life book and scroll until you see our beautiful faces. All right, now it's my turn. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Frankie and Alex from the F and A podcast my name of course is will tarish It's t as in thomas a-r-a-s-h-u-k all of my shenanigans can be found over at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com all my other interviews as well as jared laverne's interviews as well as anyone else from the aps team's interviews on the ambiguous podcast solution can be found there or anywhere podcasts can be found as i mentioned 25 plus worldwide uh, my other podcast talk with tarish is the podcast where i speak to anyone i find genuinely interesting you want a caveat? They can't have a podcast, whereas this podcast, the only caveat is they have to have a podcast. Funny how that works. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, make sure to reach out to me at will at apspodcast.com. That's dot com, And let me know why. Send me to be to your podcast, your website, anything that can help me learn more about you so it makes my life easier to research you, to have a great conversation on these podcasts. Again, that's will at apspodcast.com and uh, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com for all of our podcast partners as well as our services. Anything and everything can be found there, but... That'll wrap it up this time. I'll be back next time with, who knows? We'll see. That's the fun. Maybe I'll do it from a van. (laughs) You never know. Life takes us down crazy roads. And I hope to see you there at our next pit stop. Until then, take care thank you for listening to the ambiguous podcast solution if you want your podcast featured on the show reach out to us at info at apspodcast.com you can find more content from all of our aps partners over at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com if you liked this episode please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on want to find out more about our guests Check out the description or anywhere across our social media channels for all of their links and information. Check out our YouTube channel for this and all featured podcast clips and more. This podcast was hosted, produced, and distributed by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. We'll see you next time.